Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Seeking Truth podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Lachlan talking all about intimacy with Christ. Um, That episode was probably one of my favorite ones to record so far. Um, I definitely walked away from that conversation feeling renewed in my faith and feeling renewed with the passion to pursue Christ more. So definitely go check out that episode and give it a listen. Um, Today's episode though is all about how the devil manipulates us and how we can be more aware of the different ways that he can attempt to manipulate us in our lives. So to help us talk about this topic, A lot of what I'm pulling from this is revelations that I got for myself when I was doing a fast. Now, there was one day that I was over someone's house and they were talking to me about their fast, that they did like a 40-day fast, that, you know, they got great revelation through that time, how they were pushing through it and, and just sharing with the group about their experience of doing a fast. Now, until this point, I had never, ever, ever wanted to do a fast. I had appreciated it. I had thought it was a great thing to do but I felt for myself that doing a fast was too unrealistic that um, I'm someone who if I don't eat for a very long time or I feel like I have like low blood pressure or I feel a bit sick I can actually faint um, and so I was always concerned that you know if I did a fast or I wasn't eating that I would I would faint that I wouldn't be able to do it and I also just didn't have that conviction I guess or that vision of doing a fast um so it wasn't until this this moment when I was at this person's home and they were sharing about their experience with the fast and God just kind of like dropped into my head I want you to do a three-day fast only water and it was very out of the blue and it was literally like I was just like what (laughs) where did this come from um I'd never ever wanted to do or thought about doing a fast before So to get this like thought drop into my head that was so clear of do a three-day fast with just water, it was, I just knew that that was something that I had to do. So I went home, by the time we went home, it was like midnight. So I was kind of like, okay, that works out super well. So starting from tomorrow, as soon as I wake up in the morning, um, I'm going to do three days of just water and nothing else. Um, And so that fast is actually really insightful for me in so many different ways. But one of the biggest ways that that fast experience has helped me is that it really helped me understand a lot about how the devil will attempt to manipulate us through the ways that he was trying to manipulate me in that fast. And I think, you know, obviously during a fast, a lot of things are removed. Um, You're really needing to depend on God's strength to push through that fast and to complete the fast and your spirit is a lot more closely aligned with God during that time because you're denying yourself of things Um, and so I was really able to see more clearly when the devil was manipulating me and the ways that he was manipulating them and so by sharing the ways that he's attempted to manipulate me in the past hopefully that will help some of you guys out there relate to the things that I'm sharing and and to be able to better recognize the ways that he's trying to work in your life you know he I heard someone say I can't remember who it was um, that the devil has the same bag of tricks and he'll just try it over and over again because he's not wise and so he will just keep trying in different ways keep pushing buttons until he find one that works and it's all about recognizing the ways that he works in order to build those barriers and shields against him so 
let's jump in. Let's start sharing about the fast and the revelations that I got there and, and how I learned about the ways that the devil manipulates us. So the first thing that I learned was that the bigger temptations were actually the more easier ones to avoid. So during the fast, um, obviously I was saying no food. So dinner and meals like those bigger those bigger meals were actually easier to avoid and easier to withhold temptation towards Um, it was actually a lot harder to avoid the temptation of the smaller things so like the snacks that were at work on the table and you see the the other girls snacking on them and having these tasty treats and your brain is just like oh if I just have a little bit of this like you know if I just have a bite like it won't make much of a difference you know and it was those little thoughts that kept creeping in of like oh this won't hurt or let me just have a little bit of this um you know this is this is not a meal this is not food you know and those temptations were a lot harder to shut down than the temptations of i want to have dinner or i want to have breakfast i found those a lot easier to avoid um I think because those strategies were in place to avoid them. So we've already mentally prepared ourselves for those temptations, already prepared ourselves that I'm not having breakfast, I'm not having lunch, I'm not having dinner. So I know I need to be more cautious around those times to, you know, not not think about food, to not prepare food, to not buy food to have in the in the in the fridge to prepare. Um, and the little things though are the, are the things that pop up that you're like oh it, you know it just won't make much of a difference or it's those unexpected things throughout the day that other people are offering you things and you're having to say no 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 to all these little things constantly rather than you denying yourself one big thing and I really had to dig into God in those times and really remind myself, no, God told me three days with no food. I'm not allowed to have any food, only water. It was only telling myself that that got me through. That was enabling me to push through and say no at those times and having that conviction that this is what God wanted me to do. And this is the boundaries or the specifications. So three days, only water, no food. That was very clear instructions on what to do. And it was only reminding myself that that was what God had spoken to me, that I was able to push through and say no to those little temptations. I was actually getting really dizzy at one point from the lack of like electrolytes and the lack of sugar because you know I dropped from you know eating normally to suddenly only having water for three days and and my body I think was in a little bit of like nutrient deprivation and not having those like electrolytes in my body Um, and it was the afternoon of day two and I was so dizzy I remember just sitting on the couch and my head was like spinning I wasn't feeling nauseous or anything like that thankfully but I like my head was really dizzy and I was so tempted to like have some juice or something like just have some juice, something that was not food, but still like a liquid, but it had some more things in it that my body needed. And it was really hard to like, again, stand firm and be like, no, God said only water. Like I'm not allowed to have juice. I'm not allowed to have Barocca, Hydrolyte, any of these things that my my brain is trying to throw at me right now that it's okay to have these things. Emma, it's, it's still liquid. It's still mainly water. Um, and I just really, really had to dig in and again, remind myself that no, God said three days only water. I'm not having juice. I'm not having fizzy drink. I'm not having Barocca. I'm not having any of that because he told me nothing but water and really having to push through and again, push through that, 
fleshly pain, fleshly symptoms of something's not quite right. But knowing that actually just because my, my body is feeling that doesn't mean that things are actually not right. doesn't mean that something bad will happen. And I never fainted throughout this whole three days, never fainted. I never was in serious harm of anything going wrong. Um, and I honestly, honestly believe that that was only because I was doing this for a spiritual reason, that I was doing this with God rather than doing it by myself. I have no doubt that if this was something that I was doing by myself, a, a lot more worse things would have happened. I probably would have fainted. I probably would have needed to have juice or something like that to keep me going. Um, but because this was something that I was doing with God and that he had instructed me to do, he was giving me the strength to push through and to be okay. But by the end of the second day, I was really struggling. So I had done this over the weekend um, and the third day was the first day that I was going back to work. So I knew that it would be easy to avoid the temptation of food in general across the day because I'd be busier. But I also knew how hungry I normally got around lunchtime. And I was also worried that I would faint at work due to like the physical nature of my work, being on your feet all day, running around, jumping around with kids. Um, and so I was, all these thoughts were going through my head and I was really tempted to give up on night two. Um, I'd gotten some amazing revelations so far and the devil was speaking to me being like, it's okay to stop now. You know, you've gotten such great revelations. You know, what's one more day? You're not going to gain anything more from one more day. And that was, it was really tempting to give in at that moment and be like, you know, you're right. Like I've done two days. I've done them really well. I've gotten some great revelations from this fast. I could just stop it now. Um, but again, I had to stand really firm in my boundaries. I had to say that I know God specifically told me to do three days and I'm going to honor that and I'm going to do three days. And so I pushed through and that next morning I woke up and I had the biggest revelation of them all. Like as soon as I woke up, I opened my Bible, my eyes fell on a verse that linked with the revelations from the previous two days. And I got hit with this revelation to the point that like, I don't even remember the other revelations that I got the other two days in this fast now, like that revelation on the third day is the revelation that I take away from this fast is the revelation about my identity, about my purpose. And that that revelation is the key thing that I really believe God wanted me to do this fast for to get that revelation. And I was so close to giving up right before that, right before receiving that, because the devil was speaking to my mind about, you know, oh, you've already done so well. You've already done so good. But I knew I had to really dig in and know that God has called me to do more. God has called me to do three days, not two. And only by sticking true in that conviction was I able to push past. And I think it's really interesting. If you actually look at these three points that I've made, God told me no food, only water and three days. And you know what? The devil tried to tempt me on all three of those criteria. He tried to tempt me with having the small snacks. He tried to tempt me with having the juices. He tried to tempt me by giving up on day two. Every single criteria that God gave me about this fast, the devil tried to push every button. And for each one, I had to have that firm conviction in myself that I knew what I needed to do, that I wasn't going to bend for anything. And that was the only way that I could push through and stay true to what God had had told me if I had let slip on any one of those areas I'm so confident that I never would have gotten that revelation that God gave me on the third day and 
like I said before, that's been the revelation that I've lent on the most since then um, about my purpose and about my identity and about God's vision for my life. So if we if we take the lessons from this fast and apply it to our lives, what are the small things in our life that the devil is tempting us with? Maybe it's the big things that were really easy to say, no, I'm never going to do that. But it's those small little things that are bending our will that he is pushing us with and manipulating us with and allowing them to slip through past our boundaries and making an impact in our lives without us even fully knowing it because we're still getting the revelations from the first two days we're still doing well we're still doing a good job and we've said no to things in the past but allowing that final little temptation to come in to sneak in under the door is stopping us and preventing us from getting that third day revelation and it just it's crazy to me it's crazy to me to see this is how the devil works. I always thought that the devil comes in with those really big temptations. And it wasn't until this fast that I was like, you know what? It's so true that he also tempts us with those teeny little things. And I didn't realize those teeny little things were actually more difficult to say no to than the big things. And I think, again, that comes down to the fact that we're mentally prepared to say no to those big things. We're mentally prepared beforehand that that doesn't align with my with my boundaries, with my vision. But it's those little things that are like really close to our boundaries or just little nudges, little an annoying little pain or little thorn in our foot that's just like just just do this and you're like mm, okay fine I might as well do it you know it's not going to make much of a difference anyway but it's such a lie and it's such a manipulative way that he works in our in our lives and in our minds is getting us to bend our boundaries and effectively disobeying God but making it feel like it wasn't a big deal so rather than me having a big meal and being like oh I disobeyed God by eating a meal on my fast it's oh I actually still did eat food and disobey God but it was only one biscuit but you still disobeyed God. You still broke the covenant of what that fast and the parameters around that fast was supposed to be. There's another way, though, that I feel the devil manipulates us. And that's if if he can't pull us away from what we're called to do, if he can't pull us away from God, he'll just distract us instead. So we have the firm conviction already. We know what's right and wrong The devil knows he can't make us walk away from God. He's tried and he's failed in the past. So what does he do next? He'll distract us. He'll fill our lives with meaningless things so that we're too busy to focus on what we need to do. He'll distract us with promises or exciting things in other areas. He'll make us forget our plans and our visions and he'll soften our passion for the things that God has given us. And this is what makes us lukewarm. It's not that we've walked away from God. It's not that we don't believe in God anymore. We still do, but we've lost that fire. We've lost that passion for what God is doing within us and through us. And we've allowed ourselves to become distracted by the other things in the world. We may get caught up in the busyness of our lives, in our families, in our jobs, and and forget the passion that God has originally put on our heart. So we're still serving and we're still loving people, but our energy and our efforts are being expended in places that are not the focus of where God's wanting to to call us to. It says in John chapter 7, verse 38, it says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. God will give us the rivers of living water by following him and trusting him. And then those rivers will pour out into all the areas of our lives, not just the areas we're focusing on. 
by serving God, by following the call in our lives, we're going to feel more stable. We're going to feel more loving and more peaceful because we're, we're doing what we were created to do. And so then we're going to have more capacity for other things. We're going to have more capacity for spending time with our family and with other people. And our families will benefit from the overflow of living water. And our workplace will benefit from the overflow. And our church will benefit from the overflow. And everything else in our lives will fall into place if we're first honoring him and trusting him with the vision that he's put on our lives. And I really truly believe that there's a difference between doing something for God and doing something with God. So you can be doing something with the right intentions and with the right heart, but if it's going against God's will and plan for your life, you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get tired. God would never allow us to get tired from doing what he's planned for us to do. It's in his will. So he's always going to sustain us to do his will. It doesn't mean that the devil's not going to try and get you to stop doing it, but God would never intend for us to get tired doing the things that he's actually planned for us to do because that would go against his will and his plans. But it's when we do things that are outside his will for us that we start pushing through those boundaries of what he's called us to do that we start getting tired. And it's coming from the right place. It's coming from the right heart, but it burns us out because it's distracting us from the place that God's actually called us to be. And what really reminds me of this is in the Bible, Jesus was on the road to Jericho and there was a blind man on the side of the road who needed healing. Have, have you ever noticed that Jesus actually initially walked past him? And when I first realized that, I was a little bit shocked. Like Jesus literally walked right past someone who needed healing and who was calling out to him. But when that person chased after him and kept calling out for mercy, that was when Jesus came to help and heal. And I don't know the full reasons why Jesus would do that. Was it that he was teaching the man to dig in further into his faith to see whether he truly trusted that Jesus would be there for him when he needed it? Or was it something else? Was it that Jesus was on his mission to Jericho, that this man was not originally part of the mission and he walked past this man and many others on the road because they weren't part of the plan? And perhaps the reason that this man was written about in the Bible was because by chasing after Jesus and digging into his trust in God and asking for mercy, God actually changed Jesus's plans. And God made it so that now Jesus's plans involved healing this man to share a message to us thousands of years later. And I bring up this story because for me, this is a great example of being mission focused and not allowing ourselves to get unwillingly distracted. You know, there's so much need in the world. Jesus could have spent his three years of ministry in one city and still never healed everyone. And it's not that he couldn't see the need around him, but he was making a deliberate choice not to get distracted by the things that would pull him away from the greater vision and calling that God put on his heart. Um, and I think being perceptive to what God puts on your heart is important to telling the difference between what is a distraction to my mission and what is something that I could have a hand in sharing the love of God on the path to my mission. So like Jesus did with this man, you know, initially walking past him, but I'm sure God then put on his heart, you need to be healing this man. This man is part of your mission. This man is part of your plan. We're going to use this man and this man's faith as a way to share, share the gospel of who you are and who I am thousands of years later. Um, and I'm sure there were other people along the side of that road that called out to Jesus, that Jesus did walk past. And it's not to say Jesus didn't have a heart for them and that he didn't care for them, but he knew where he was called to be and he was 
He was focused. He was centered and grounded in that vision. If you're walking past someone in need and you feel the nudge to go talk to them, to spend time with them, to spread that little bit of love, you should follow that nudge. But allowing yourself to get caught up by every task on the road to where you're going, you're not being obedient to the place that God's calling you to be. You're getting distracted and you were called to that place for a reason. And even though serving and helping on the on the path, on the way to where you're going is loving and it's beautiful and it is needed, that may not be the place that God is calling you to be. And it's important to not be distracted in that place for too long to the point that it's pulling you away from where God is actually wanting you to be. There was a time where I got a job and after one month, I was like, oh, this job has so many more negatives than I thought. This job is not what I expected. Um, there's, yeah, I was just not having a great time. I thought this job was going to be my perfect job and it just really wasn't. And there was other people in that, in that place that were also leaving around that time due to the same reasons. And that whole culture and that whole environment was really stirring in me. Like I want to leave too, even though I've only been here for a month, I actually really want to leave. And prior to getting this job, there was another place that really wanted me. And I had said to them, you know, I'm sorry, I'm actually already already taken I've already got another another job um but they they still did an interview with me and and after the interview was like oh you know if if you ever change your mind please feel free to contact us we'd love to have you um and so around this time this one month in I was really struggling with this idea of like I want to leave and like I'm really struggling with this workplace and this other company reached out and messaged me and was like hi just checking like how you're settling into your new place you know like did you did you want to come and look at our place and and have a further chat a little bit more and I'm not gonna lie to you guys that was really tempting in that point to be like here's a person that really wants me um, and it's arriving at the same time as me thinking of this other workplace and leaving them and I really really had to dig into God at that point and go no this the place that I'm at currently even though it's not great even though there's a lot of things that I didn't realize coming into this job there's a lot of things that are not the way that I wanted it to be I know this is where God's called me to be and I want to honor that and be faithful to that because I know there has to be a reason behind that. And so I did actually say no to that other place that was like, do you want to come and see and how you're going? Do you want to come join us instead? And I honestly believe that that is such a big distraction, that other place that messaged me because the devil was like i i know she's weak at the moment i know she's thinking of leaving let me offer her these promises that seem like they're better and and trying to tempt me in that way and it was only because i had that conviction from god like in myself that i knew this is the place that god wants me to be that i was able to say no and that place kept messaging me and they kept messaging me over the course of a year every six months or so hi how are you going are you still liking where you're working did you want to come and join us and it was getting easier and easier every time to to know that that place wasn't where I wanted because I was able to see then the pattern that this place is is somewhere that the devil keeps throwing in my face trying to get me to go to and I just never, ever had peace about moving there. I never had peace about accepting it because I just knew in my heart that the place that I currently was, was where I was meant to be. And 
like that's exactly what this is trying to demonstrate is that if the devil can't pull you out of where you're supposed to be he will just try and distract you he'll try and redirect your focus somewhere else you may be doing the same thing but you're going to be doing it in a different area and that area is not the place that god wants you to be doing it and again you can be doing really great things in that place in that area but it's not where god wants you god wants you in a specific place for a specific reason he's called you to that place for a purpose even though it's hard even though it's difficult you're there for a lesson you're there for a journey and pulling yourself out of that place prematurely allowing yourself to get distracted allowing yourself to get manipulated is only going to cause negatives in the long run even though it feels like there's a lot of negatives now because i said no to that position at that one month in mark After that point, things actually got a lot better where I was working. There was some kind of switch in the mentality of the person who was um, running that place and things got a lot better and I never ever would have seen that come to fruition if I didn't dig in and I didn't go no I know this is where I need to be and stay there so I really encourage you guys if you're feeling tempted at the moment to be pulled away from where you know you're meant to be to become distracted by other things even though they may be good and they may still be serving people is it actually serving God's will for your life and is it with God or is it trying to be for God so now that we know the ways that the devil can manipulate us how do we stop it how do we stop the devil manipulating us in our lives well I think the first thing is having that clear conviction about what he has spoken to you just like in the fast just like with the job you know what you need to do you know where God's called you to you know how you need to act you you know what the parameters are around that and if you don't know those things really praying to God about what are the parameters around this like those are just examples but having those clear convictions about what are the actual guidelines for this and what is okay and what's not okay the more information you can get and the more clarity you can get about the role that you need to play or the boundaries that you need to make the stronger your ability will be to recognize when a temptation is arriving because the temptation is going to push on every single one of those boundaries and if you don't know that something is a boundary or something is a parameter you're not going to recognize that it's a temptation that's pulling you away from from where god's wanting you um so really getting that clarity and vision and understanding how all the pieces fit together or understanding what your role is in a clear way of this is outside of what god wants me to do and this is inside what god wants me to do so getting that clear clarity and conviction about it and, and really praying to God to give you those um, those parameters. Second thing is it's the small temptations you need to look out for. The ones that you'll, you'll say, oh, this won't make much of a difference. Oh, I've already done so well. I can just stop here or I've already done so well. This won't hurt. Um, the bigger temptations are the easier ones to see. They're easier to distinguish that this is outside the boundaries. It's the ones that are closer to our boundaries that attempt to niggle their way past our self-control. Those are the ones that we need to be looking out for. Those are the ones that are more sneaky. And those are the ones that are going to make just as big of a difference as the bigger temptations because it's still disobeying what God has asked you to do. It's still outside those parameters. So, you know, the example of the meals versus a biscuit, both of them are still food. So regardless of the size of the food that I was eating, I was still breaking that rule of no food. And so even though it feels like less of a sin, less of a disobedience, it's still actually disobeying him. So looking out for those small temptations, those things that are are close to your boundaries and seem to be just past them, Um, and saying no to them just as strongly as you say no to the bigger temptations. 
And thirdly, reminding yourself every day of what he has spoken to you, to know your vision, to know your purpose in life, to ask yourself if what you're doing aligns with that vision or if it's pulling you away and not allowing yourself to become distracted by the things around you, but to remain focused on God every day and asking him to speak to you about what he wants you to do every day. So bringing it back to Jesus and Jericho on the road, I have no doubt that Jesus does put on our hearts to go reach out to people um, as we're walking and along the streets and people that are unexpected miracles or unexpected um, connection points. I have no doubt he does do that. Um, And the only way to tell whether the needs you're seeing are distractions or whether that's where he wants you to be is to ask him to open your eyes and to speak to your to your spirit and to guide you when do i need to be stepping up when do i need to be speaking up when do i need to be praying for someone today and allowing him to guide you in that sense because i think creating a blanket rule of everything is a distraction and i'm only going to do my mission we become too task focused and we actually lose that relationship with people again which is the whole purpose of ministry Um, and it's the whole purpose of serving god is for people but if we go fully the other way and we're serving every every need that we said um, like i said i don't think jesus would ever have left the city he was born in because he would have tried to serve all the people in that city um, and not travel to all the places he needed to go to and and not be obedient to the places and the missions that God was calling him to so it's having that discernment to be able to tell the difference between the two of them is this something that's distracting me and that's not in God's plan for me that's that's someone else's um, vision and need or is this something that God's actually calling me to do today and um, this is a place that he really wants me to help in and having that distinguishing between the two of them so I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I hope that this gives you a little bit more um, information or helps you to broaden your understanding or perspective of maybe how the devil um, can manipulate us. If you have any ways that um, you know the devil manipulates you or that he has attempted to manipulate you in the past, please drop us a line. Um, you can find me on social media at EJC Writings or at Emma Jane Catchpole and I'd love to hear from you shoot us a message or post a comment um, and yeah I'd, I'd really love to share some more knowledge from from you guys um, and create this community network of knowledge of how how the devil can work and in our lives through our experiences and um, really empowering us all together as a family to become stronger so yeah thanks guys so much for listening i really look forward to filming this one for you and definitely looking forward to speaking to you guys again next week bye